Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God for our meditation is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 1 beginning at verse 1. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, when was the last time you read these first four verses of Luke's gospel? Some sections of scripture we almost skip over because they don't seem to say much to us such as the first half of Matthew chapter 1. There we find name after name, some of them hard to pronounce, listed in a genealogy that appears to have little meaning for us. But when we stop to read more carefully, we discover how those names show that Jesus is the promised Messiah, who indeed did come from the house of David, the tribe of Judah, and is the seed of Abraham, just as God had promised. And when we stop to reread these opening verses of Luke's gospel, we also find much. From these personal words with which Luke begins his gospel, we gain a sense of what Jesus meant to Luke and how much Luke wanted to share Jesus with others. Who was this Luke? mentioned by name only three times in the Bible, all of them in Paul's epistles. His name means belonging to the light, though we don't know how he came to know the one and only true light, Jesus Christ. By birth, he was a Gentile, well-schooled in the learning of the world. Paul calls him the beloved physician, a doctor by profession, he was perhaps the Apostle Paul's personal physician. More so, he was Paul's valuable companion and co-worker. With Paul on both the second and third missionary journeys, Luke remained at the Apostle's side during his imprisonments right up to the end in Rome. As Paul wrote to Timothy, Luke alone is with me. That sounds like the kind of loyal, capable person we would want at our sides. More importantly, he was one given the message of the gospel to proclaim by writing an orderly account of the things concerning our Lord Jesus Christ so that his friend Theophilus and millions of others, including you and I, would have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So today, the church throughout the world praises the Lord and giver of life for St. Luke, the evangelist, who is a physician in the truth. Luke writes so that we might be healed by the truth that is the Son of God. 
Luke went straight to the sources, to those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Luke is no creative writer devising a moving story about a religious hero. He goes to those who heard with their own ears the voice of the word made flesh. He traces his leads back to those who saw the savior of the world. His gospel is genuinely apostolic from the apostles. His report issues from those who were there and whose testimony is sure. Luke proclaimed the truth of Jesus Christ for the healing of souls made sick by sin. He writes his gospel so that all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Our Lord is the Savior of the world, so Luke quite naturally traces his genealogy of Jesus all the way back to Adam. All of Adam's descendants are diseased by sin and in need of a Savior. The salvation that is in Christ extends far as the curse is found, to use the words of a familiar carol. Luke's gospel is replete with the examples of our Lord's care for the rejected and despised of this world. It was to lowly shepherds that the angel of the Lord brought the announcement of the one who is born to be your savior. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. As the aged Simeon held this infant Savior in his arms, he rejoices that he has seen the salvation that God has prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles. The healing balm of the gospel proclaimed by Luke the evangelist and physician is for the whole world. Luke's gospel provides us with the account of our Lord's answer to a centurion's request for healing on behalf of his sick servant. Of that centurion, our Lord says, I say to you, I have not seen such great faith, not even in Israel. Luke records our Lord's parting words to his disciples at his ascension, bidding them to carry his gospel to all nations. Redemption is the theme of Luke's gospel from beginning to end. It's in Luke's gospel that we find the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, illustrating Jesus' concern for the recovery of the straying. It's in Luke's gospel where we find the woman with a shadowy past whose tears wash Jesus' feet because of his tender mercy for her. From Luke's account of Jesus' loving, forgiving dealings with the tax collector Zacchaeus comes the sweet, succinct summary of Jesus' mission. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The salvation of the lost has a price, the suffering and death of the Son of God. Luke the physician diagnoses the disciples' malady, that they did not understand that it was necessary 
that the Messiah should suffer and die. In taking the twelve, Jesus said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon, and after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day, he will rise." But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Luke shows us that the death of the great physician was necessary to remedy the sins of the world. Nothing less would do. Luke gives us a narrative, an orderly account of our Lord's journey to Jerusalem, where he embraced death on the cross for our redemption. The empty tomb on Easter is the Father's assurance that his son's death is remedy enough for the world's sins. But Luke does not stop at the empty tomb. He moves on to show us the risen Lord, alive and active among his disciples, opening their minds to understand the scriptures and making himself known to them in the breaking of the bread. The risen Lord calls and gathers his own around his word and meal. And having so gathered his disciples, he sends them to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins to all nations in his name. Luke ends his gospel as he began it on a note of blessing and joy. For Mary's son is in truth the son of God. Crucified and risen from the dead, he is the savior of the world, our savior. Luke rejoiced to give us a faithful and true record of that salvation. Luke's work is not complete until you and I know and love this savior. Praise God that he moved Luke to tell us about the friend of sinners and redeemer of the lost. Thank God that he sends his spirit to work what Luke has, through what Luke has written so that we too may say, he is my savior. May God grant us the same zeal to tell others the story of Jesus and his love. Today, on the feast of St. Luke the Evangelist, we rejoice in the, his gospel and pray to God that we may be found faithful to its truth and healing power. Amen.